Hey, and welcome to the Crosspoint Podcast. Let's get into this week's message from Pastor Michael Tadlock, and may it bring healing, hope, and ultimately, transformation. We stand to honor the Word today, the Holy Word of God. I want us to read just a few verses here. Verse number 7, Matthew 15. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. I want us to read those three verses again one more time. Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their hearts, their hearts are far from me. And in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. I want to come to you for just a little while today on the thought, Actions still speak louder than words. Actions still speak louder than words. How many of you need the Lord to speak into your life to do it today? If you do, say amen. Let's pray he'll come and have his way. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for how you've already moved in this place. Thank you for those that have already been touched in the altars today. Lord, we just humble ourselves even now. And we claim, Almighty God, your presence to continue to rain down in this room. Lord, I humble myself in this moment. Lord, I know I am nothing. I I can accomplish nothing without the anointing, without the unction of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know nothing will take place today of any eternal significance. Lord, I desire that you receive all the glory for things that take place today, those that are accomplished today in the Spirit. Lord, we give you the glory ahead of time. And I ask you, Almighty God, to come. I pray that even now that you'll anoint ears to hear, hearts to receive. Anoint me, Lord, as a vessel in your hand. Help me, Lord, to speak that that you have spoken unto me, that that you have dealt with me strongly about. I pray, God, today will truly be a day of awakening and revival in our hearts as individuals and as a church. I pray you come and bless. I pray you come and move minister, Lord, in the way only you can. We'll praise you for it in the mighty, precious, powerful name. Above all names, the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated this morning. Just before we get into the word, Crosspoint, can we give our guest a great big hand for being with us today? God bless you. Good to have everybody with us today. Good to have uh, my wife's and Brother Clint's uncle Ricky with us this morning. Great to have him with us and others that have joined us today. Dear friend Robert Bryan, able to be with us this morning. Others that have joined us today, thank you for being with us. God bless you for being here today. The Nestles, also really good friends of ours. Glad they're here this morning. Give everybody one more great big hand. I didn't mean to miss anybody. We appreciate you being here today. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell them actions still speak louder than words. Have you ever made that statement to somebody, actions speak louder than words? That statement generally lines up in a moment when somebody is saying something that their actions don't quite back up. They're saying something that their actions don't quite uh, contribute to uh, what they're saying being the truth. Today, as as we've read this passage, Jesus quoting the prophet Isaiah, he said unto them, unto the, the Pharisees in the moment, that this people draws nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. That's a scary thing, isn't it? That with the mouth, folks can say the right things and, and, and even worship, but hearts be far from the Lord. I believe today this is described in one word, and it's one word today that I want us to deal with. It's one word this morning that I believe the Holy Ghost would have us be able to focus on today, and it's a word called apathy. 
We've dealt with it before, but the Holy Spirit has brought us back here today as we look at this passage uh, in the Gospel of Matthew. First of all, apathy is the lack of feeling, the lack of emotion, the lack of interest or concern about something, and it causes a lack of purpose, worth, or meaning in life. Jesus really hit this head on dealing with the Pharisees because he said unto them that you're drawing close to me with your mouth, but your heart's far from me. You're doing some of the things that you're doing are more because of your tradition. They're more because of the precepts and doctrines of men than it is that that I have commanded you to do. And this was an apathy that the Lord was dealing with. I believe this morning there is an apathy in the church again today. I want you to know something that when the Lord led us to launch this ministry, to plant this church, he dealt with us in such a strong, intense fashion that he did not want Cross Point Church to be filled with a religious spirit that is prominent in the church world today. A religious spirit that is based on the traditions of men, the doctrines of men, and religious philosophies of men rather than on the Word of God. And today I want you to know that it is a danger for every person that is in this place to slip into a place of apathy in your life where you used to be on fire for God, you used to be fully committed, you used to be all in, you used to be faithful, you used to be one that prayed and read the word, but somehow in the process of time, in the midst of struggles and battles and storms of life, you've grown cold on the inside side and apathy has taken over and has begun to rule the day in your life and as a result you have found yourself sliding backwards from the things of God sliding backwards in worship sliding backwards in your study of the word prayer lives become nearly non-existent because apathy has taken over you see when apathy rules the day there is compromise. Would you say that nasty word right there that starts with a C? Maybe it's not nasty in all situations, but in your spiritual life, it's a dirty word, and it's called compromise. Would you say that word, compromise? When apathy is taking over, you can tell it it's evident because a life becomes filled with compromise. What you used to would not do, now you're doing. What you used to would not allow, now you're allowing. What used to be something you felt wholeheartedly was sinful, now you begin to compromise and allow these things in your life. When if you were to back up months, weeks, months, or years earlier, you would have never allowed some of the things that are going on in your life in your home, in your family now. But somewhere along the way, apathy began to take over and you become more interested in the things of the world than you was the things of God and you begin to compromise to be able to fill the void that was on the inside. But as a result, destruction is evident in your life. We find in the word of God in 2 Kings, 1 Kings 14, a story of compromise by King Rehoboam. And I'm going to reference this. I can't spend a long time here, but Shishak, king of Egypt, invaded the land. And when he did, he went in and stole the gold shields that Solomon had formed to be at the house of God, at the temple. They were there, and they were beaten of gold. They were beautiful, and they, they, each shield was worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in our money today. It was an amazing thing that he had done. But we find that Shishak invades, and he steals the golden shields. And King Rehoboam, compromised rather than going after the gold he compromised and said let's just make shields of brass in their place shields of brass that had to continually be polished that's what happens when you compromise you got to always make sure you got your mask on when you get around people you got to always polish up when you go to church so nobody knows the 
stink that is really inside of your life. And you even know when to raise your hand. Boy, I'm, I'm not getting a lot of amens this morning, but we're going to preach on anyways. You know right when to clap your hands. You, you know just the right things to say. But the reality is somewhere along the way there was compromise. And rather than you going after what the devil stole, you've allowed a substitute in your life for the real thing. And it is a formality. It is a form of godliness that lacks the power. It's brass instead of gold. It's formality. It's going through the motions. It's happy with earthly progress without any heavenly substance in your life. God help us today that we're not satisfied with the substitutes of this world. We're not satisfied with a little church service just to do us good. Can I tell you today, God's looking for some people how to say I might have to run the devil down to get what he stole from me but I refuse to put up with what I've, what he's trying to give me today in compromise and in a substitute. God wants to do great things in your life but you gotta quit compromising. When apathy rules the day there's compromise. When apathy rules the day there's also confusion. How many of you know the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 33, for God is not the what? He's not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. You see, the Bible tells us a story in Acts chapter number 8 about a man by the name of Simon. Simon was actually known as a sorcerer in Samaria, and he began to believe in Jesus, but before he began to believe in Jesus. He was working all kinds of works by sorcery, so much so that the people began to say, this man has the power of God. See, whenever you are lacking the true genuine relationship with Jesus Christ, you lack the discernment to know what is of God and what is not of God. And what happened with the people of that day, all of a sudden Philip comes in and he begins to preach. And the people begin to see that this man here is, he, he, it's not what we thought. They, they realized through Philip's preaching that they needed to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And they begin to receive Jesus one by one. And Philip began to lay hands on them and pray over them. And they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Bible says that Simon also believed and when he saw Philip laying hands on the believers and then being filled with the Holy Ghost, Simon comes and says, hey, I want this same stuff that I'm seeing happen as Philip and Peter and these others are laying hands. I, I'll give you money for what's happening here. But Peter turns around and he rebukes Simon in chapter 8 verses 20 through 23 and he tells him, that you are full of, of bitter jealousy and are held captive by sin. See, when you start allowing yourself to slip out of a place of commitment under the Lord and apathy begins to take over, you are willing to compromise. And you no longer can see clearly what is godly and righteous. And you begin to say, oh, this is okay, and this is okay, and that's okay. See, Simon wanted to buy it with money, and Peter rebuked him and basically told him judgment was coming. And Simon said, please pray for me that, that this judgment does not come. But see, I believe this is an example of how many in the church have went the wrong direction and thinking they can do things the world's way here me and understand that confusion comes through deception and there's a spirit of deception that is in the church today that has caused many churches to miss out on revival and miss out on moves of God thinking we can do it like the world does it and it's going to work but can I tell you something that God doesn't court the casual and you better not think you can march yourself up to some bar somewhere on a Saturday night and have yourself a high ho good time and march back into the the house of God on a Sunday morning and God be pleased with you. Listen to me. We need God to bring a revival again where folks will realize that it is still holiness or hell. I said it's still holiness or hell. The reason some folks can't figure out which way is up in their life and they're so confused about everything that's going on is because they have become filled with apathy and they've lost interest in knowing what God has to say because 
let me tell you today, last time I checked, when we get on our knees before the Lord, he'll show up right there in the middle of it. You want to know what God has to say? Get in his word. You want to hear from the Holy Ghost? Get alone in a prayer closet again because God will speak to you and he'll show you and he'll reveal to you the things that you need to know. Tell you one more thing about this confusion. How many preachers like Simon are operating by, uh, some of you may not can handle this, but are operating by demonic spirits, not the Holy Spirit, and people, most people, don't even know the difference. I've been in some churches where I know the Holy Ghost was not there. Well, there was a spirit there, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. God help us as God's people that we're not living in these last days in a time of confusion. Ah, my goodness. I'm going to tell you, some of you better recognize your, your children are dependent on you to lead them through these dark times. Your children are dependent on you to lead the way that they can know how to make it through a crisis like we're in in this world today when we're surrounded by evil and wickedness and debauchery on every corner. There's got to be some mamas and daddies that are still red hot and on fire for God. Some mamas and daddies that aren't confused that no one thing I may not know what tomorrow holds baby but I know who holds my tomorrow what are we going to do daddy if gas goes to $10 a gallon all I know to tell you is the same God that has seen us yesterday is going to see us today and going to see us tomorrow what are we going to do daddy when mama when we ain't got bread and food in the cupboards all I know to tell you is this baby we're serving God we're honoring God we're paying our tithe. We're living for the Lord. And David said, I've been young and now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I'm not confused. No, my mind's still made up. Come hell or high water, I'm going to serve my God. My mind is made up. Some become filled with such an apathy and confusion takes over. In their life, they don't know if they're going or they're coming. See, apathy brings confusion. When you're running to the wrong things in this life, it brings confusion, spiritual confusion. You come spiritually into the place that you can't see the forest, huh? For the trees for what's right in front of you, for what is evident, for what everybody else may be seeing that this is the step you should take, but for whatever reason, there's a confusion in your spirit, in your mind, and in your life. Listen to me. The devil is the author of confusion. Ah, help me, Lord. See, when apathy rules the day, there's cold hearts and cold hands. Song of Solomon chapter 5 tells us the story of the little Shulamite. Matter of fact, it's an, a beautiful account of the beloved Solomon and the Shulamite. It's really a, an allegory and a, a reference to Jesus as the bridegroom and the Shulamite. Solomon representing the bridegroom and the Shulamite representing the bride of Christ. And in that story, we find the chapter preceding is, is a call under the Shulamite, and she's calling under the beloved. And in, in the first verse of chapter 5, and you've got to know how to follow it because it's him speaking, and then it's her speaking. And so you've got to be able to know what's happening. But in that first verse, and matter of fact, let's just turn there real quick because I want you to see it for yourself. In that first verse, we find that, all of a sudden it says, I am coming to my garden, my sister, my spouse. This is the beloved. He's saying, I have gathered my myrrh with my spice. I've eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I've drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O oh friends, drink, yea, drink abundantly, O oh beloved. And the Shulamite says, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my love, my dove, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. I've put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I've washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put in his hand by the hole of the door and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved and my hands dropped with myrrh and my fingers with sweet smelling myrrh. Upon the handles of the lock I opened to my beloved but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. 
My soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called, but he gave me no answer. The watchmen that went about the city found me. They smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I'm sick of love. They answered, What is thy beloved more than another, beloved? O thou fairest among women, what is thy beloved more than another, beloved, that thou that thou dost so charge us. She begins to give a description of her beloved. She says, My beloved is wide and ruddy, the chiefest among 10,000. His head is as the most fine gold. His locks are bushy and black as a raven. His eyes are as the eyes of doves while the rivers of water washed with milk and fitly set. His cheeks are as a bed of spices, as sweet flowers. His lips like lilies dropped in sweet-smelling myrrh. His hands are as gold rings set with beryl. His belly is as bright ivory overlaid with sapphires. His legs are as pillars of marble set upon sockets of fine gold. His countenance is as Lebanon, excellent as the cedars. His mouth is most sweet, yea, he is altogether lovely. This is my beloved and this is my friend, O daughters of Jerusalem. I'd say she was pretty head over heels with her beloved, wouldn't you? My, my, what a description that she just gave. But this is what I want you to grab from this passage. There's a lot to take in there and time won't allow for us to do it. But I want you to recognize this, that here was this Shulamite that supposedly was longing for her beloved. But in her moment of visitation, she missed it. In the moment of visitation, she had washed her feet, she had taken off her robe, and she had laid down. And her beloved came, and he knocked on the door. And she knew it was the voice of her beloved that was calling her, calling her by name. But she was not willing to walk back through the dirt to get to the door. She wasn't willing to put that robe back on and open that door. She looked and she could see his hand was in the very hole of the door. She could see that it was him, but she wasn't willing. Why? Because of one word. It's called apathy. Because of apathy, she was not willing to get up. Her heart had grown cold on the inside. She wasn't willing to do what was needed. She was unconcerned about what the outcome would be and it brought compromise into her life. Compromise that brought sin. Compromise that brought a cold heart. Hear me today and understand how many folks are just like this Shulamite. That with your words you're saying, oh, I want a move of God. Oh, I want God to touch me. Oh, I want God to work in me. Oh, I want revival. Oh, I want a breakthrough. But yet the Lord is not at the door of your heart and how many are unwilling to get up and walk back through the dirt again that you can get to where Jesus is willing to put on a robe, a mantle of calling, willing to put on a robe of righteousness, willing to put on a garment of praise that you can be where Jesus is. I'm not talking about walking through the dirt as far as sin. I'm talking about the dirt of this life, the things maybe that you've been through, hurts and pains and wounds that are in your life that you've got to be willing to walk back through because it's been between you and the Lord long enough. It's held you back long enough. Are you hearing me? It's been, it's been a cancer in your soul long enough. He's knocking today. Oh, I love the Lord. Oh, I want revival. Oh, I'm hungry for God. But folks aren't willing to put on a mantle of prayer. Folks aren't willing to put on a garment of praise so we can seek him until he comes and rains righteousness upon us. Don't tell me you're hungry for God and your prayer life is non-existent. Don't tell me you're hungry for God and you hadn't opened your Bible since last Sunday. Don't tell me you're hungry for God and you've been living like the devil and you've been flirting with him all week. Are you hearing me? Don't tell me you're hungry for God when your life is filled with apathy to the point that your heart has grown cold. Apathy. Folks have lost their interest. What's happened? What happened to you? What happened? Man, 
man, you used to be on fire. You used to, you'd stand and worship, tears streaming down. Your, you were hungry. I mean, you'd show up with expectation. What has happened? Well, if the preacher would, it's always somebody else's fault, ain't it? It's always the church's fault. Well, if they would have just sang my song, it's always somebody else's fault that we're in the condition that we're in. Listen to me. I've been a victim in my life before too, but I made my mind up that that is not going to stop me. That is not going to hinder me. That is not going to hold me back. If anything, it's going to catapult me into where God wants me to be. I'm hungry for God today. I said I'm hungry for God today, and I hear him knocking on the door of my heart saying, if you'll open to me, I'll come in and sup with you and you with me. He wants to move in your life. He wants to work inside of you, but you got quit compromising quit laying on that bed of apathy oh my. she said oh my beloved when she gave a long description of we love to we love to act like we really know don't we see if she'd really loved she'd have got up well, you know, I don't want to, didn't want to draw any attention to myself. She got up, but when she did, guess what? It was too late. She got over there to the door, and she could smell where he had been. Sister Joel, she could smell the, the perfume, the cologne that was on his hands. It, it was the, a sense that she had running over in her, in her head, and it was so strong that it pushed her to move out into the streets and to start going from place to place saying, have you seen my beloved? Have you seen my, when you find him, tell him that I'm lovesick for him. I've got to find him. I've got to have him. And the, the church of the day looked back and said, who do you think you are, and, and why do you think he any greater than anybody else. Listen to me. Hear me and understand. There's got to be a stirring in us again today. God help us that all that all that is left isn't just a memory of how God used to move. A memory of where he used to move and what he used to do. God help us that it's not all we've got left. It's talking about services of days gone by. This service and that service. God help us. Oh today we need to remember that he's the same yesterday, today and forever. Oh, that God would send a revival again to his people and folks would get on fire one more time with a red hot passion on the inside that says I just want more of God. Get out of my way. I just want more of him. I'm not satisfied with church as usual. I just want more of God. I want to get in his presence. I want to stand in his presence. I want to bathe in his presence. I just want more of God. I want more. We didn't come to this old gym to play basketball. We didn't come here either to play church. You hear me? We didn't come here to play games. There's too much invested in this thing for us to be cold and calloused in our spirits to the things of God. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. You see, apathy has taken over in many hearts. See, when apathy rules the day, folks become complacent with pride. Hear me? There's a story in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 15 through 25, where the prophet Gad comes and he begins to share unto David judgment that was coming. And he actually gave David a choice, which is a very interesting thing in the Word of God. Basically, the choice was, do you want judgment to come by the hands of men or do you want judgment to come by the hands of God? David said, I would rather be in the hands of God than the hands of men because he's a merciful God. The reason judgment was coming, though, was because David did something the Lord had said not to do. David numbered the people. Against the very instructions and directions of Joab, captain of his host, he, he numbered the people. 
The numbering of the people was that of a prideful thing. It was the swelling of the head that said, look at me. Look at where we're at. Look at this number. Look at how large we are. Look at how many mighty men of valor, men of war that we have. It was a pride that was entering into David's heart. See, David had been the exact opposite once upon a time. Once upon a time, there was a king by the name of Saul who stood head and shoulders taller above everybody else. And Saul, because of his pride, destruction came. But there was a shepherd boy in the the back field of a pasture of his daddy by the name of Jesse that was a humble servant of his dad in that land and a humble servant of the king and it was David's humility that elevated him to the king but now a decision had been made by David that was filled with pride and as a result destruction would come. Can I tell you something today? Hear me and understand there may be things in your life going on right now that you think nobody else knows about but I want to assure you of one thing. God knows it all. There is not one thing that is hidden from him. There's not one thing. You can't pull the wool over God's eyes. Young people, you might pull it over mom and daddy's eyes. Mom and daddy, you might pull it over your children's eyes. Husband, you might pull it over your wives. Wives, you might pull it over your husbands. Parents, you might pull it over your children's. But let me tell you this. God sees it all. And I want you to hear the words of this preacher today. If you don't hear anything else I say, this Bible clearly tells us, be not deceived. Galatians 6 Seven. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He that soweth to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. If you are sowing in sin, you are going to reap death. Are you hearing me? There is no way around that. Sin brings death. The wages, the, the wages of sin is what? Death. Hear me today and understand that's why Proverbs said in chapter 16 verse 18 that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Keep thinking that you don't need God and one day you'll lift your eyes hoping and praying that God will hear you. But let me tell you something friend. I believe in deathbed conversions when the Holy Spirit draws. But understand this. Jesus said no man goeth unto the Father but by me. And no man comes unto him except the Father draw him. That means this. The only way a deathbed conversion can happen is if the Holy Spirit draws. Don't think you're going to wait to your last day and hope you get forgiveness. What if today is your last day? What if this moment is your last opportunity to make things right, to get things under the blood, to get forgiveness of sin? Are you going to let pride be your destruction? Are you going to let pride bring you to a place of a fall? See, it's apathy on the inside that says I can do it nobody knows about it oh I'm swindling my way through life I'm being deceptive I know but I'm going to get away with it and one day I'll ask God for forgiveness what if you never make it to that day Proverbs 15 16 Solomon said better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith David refused to offer unto the Lord that which cost him nothing because see the story went on. The prophet told him when he said he'd be in the hands of the Lord that he needed to sacrifice so he goes. I can't remember the man's name but he went to, ah, slips my mind. He went to this man's house. He was instructed to go there and he went to this man's house. And he tells him that he was going to sacrifice and the man just basically says unto him, it's all yours. Take whatever you need for the sacrifice. But David says, I will not offer to the Lord that which cost me nothing. And so he paid for the sacrifice. Listen to me. How many folks, how many folks are saying, when I want more of God, but you're not willing to pay the cost? See, Jesus paid the price for our salvation. But beyond that, if you want to get closer to the Lord, it's going to take sacrifice on your part. That's why James chapter 4, verse 8, what did he say? Draw nigh to God and he'll what? He'll draw nigh to you. You want to get closer to God, you're going to have to do something. You want to get closer to God, that means there's got to be less of you. Isn't that what John the Baptist said? He must increase and I must what? 
decrease, less of me, so there can be more of God. How many folks are allowing the pride to be in the moment? I want to tell you something. There's a false humility that will even be in your life if you're not careful that somehow you think, well, I prayed today, so I'm good. I read the word today, so I'm good. You know what that is? That's a pride because it's humility that says, Lord, I can never get enough of you. I prayed this morning because I need you. And I I read the word because I'm hungry for you. And Lord, I'm asking you through this day, oh God, to walk with me and talk with me. Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Not because I'm some big Christian, but because thou art with me and thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Oh, God wants to bring a revival of humility again and folks to quit trusting in the dollar and start trusting in the true almighty one and his name is the Lord God Jehovah. He wants to bring a revival again and folks to get on their knees in prayer and off of Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and Wix and all that other junk. God wants to bring a revival again and folks will stand up against sin, stand up against the rudiments of this world, stand for holiness, stand for righteousness in these last days, not be filled with apathy, but be filled with a passion for the things of God again. See, too many want it easy. No sacrifice. I don't want to have to put any effort into this thing. No spiritual labor. No spiritual labor pains. I I want it easy. Come on, Brother Tim. Listen, there's some in these chairs today. I'm not trying to beat anybody over the head. I've been patiently waiting. And there's others that aren't able to be here today that may fall in this same category. Quit sitting on the gift God's given you. Quit sitting on the gift the Lord's given you. You're so willing to give in other areas. Use what God's given you here. Use what God's given you in the kingdom. You know, listen, it's a sad thought to think about the Lord stripping us of talents. And, but it's a shame if we're, there's something in us that we can give for use in the kingdom of God, but we're sitting on it. Well, Pastor, I was hurt. Who wasn't? Well, I was in church hurt, though, preacher. And I just, who wasn't? I've been in church hurt. If I allowed that to, to, to be the mantle and cloak I wore around, I'd never be up here preaching again. I got to the place I said, I don't know, know if I ever want to pastor again. But you know what I had to do? I had to forgive some folks. And I had to move on from it. Because I could not let that be what determined my future. I could not let that be what determined the outcome of my calling and the purpose that God has given me. The devil wanted me to become filled with apathy, to come to the place that I said, I just don't care anymore. I've lost interest. I don't know of any perfect church. If there is one, when we show up, it won't be perfect anymore. Right? I don't know of a perfect one. But I do know of one that's meeting in a gymnasium that has made a declaration that we want to be the furthest thing from religious that there's ever been. Some of you might have had a hard time getting past me not having a coat on. When I came back up here, I put it on my wife back there. She wasn't feeling good. Please pray for her. She needs prayer. She needs healing in her body. She's got some lung issues going on. I, I, I've been there whenever the, the deacon said, don't take off your tie. I've been there when they said, do you really got to sing before you preach? I've been there when they would show up to meet for hours about finances but couldn't get them to show up for a prayer meeting. See, if you're really hungry for God, your actions are going to speak louder than your words. to tell God you're hungry for him but you don't live that way 
Today they'd call that misinformation. Word of God. Mm, That's strong, ain't it? To say something that you don't mean or isn't true, isn't that still a lie? God help us. Do you mean what you say and do you say what you mean? See, we're living in a day and an hour that folks don't want the preacher to preach against sin. Might run somebody off, preacher. It's never my intentions to run somebody off. I try to always preach it in love, but friend, I'm going to tell you something. God help me. At the day you stand before the Lord, your blood will not be on my hands because I didn't preach the truth of this gospel to you. I love you and I care about you and that's why I preach the truth. Sin will take you to hell. And let me tell you another thing. If it's something you got a question on whether or not it's sin, it probably is. Stay away from it. Stay away. Is it right or is it wrong for me to do that? If you're having to question that, stay away from it. Should I do this? Should I not do this? help us not to be big talkers. How many of you know a big talker? Man, they're a big talker. Big talkers that their actions don't back up their words. There's some, their mouth is about to overload their rear end because the Lord ain't going to let folks get away with some of the things that's going on. See, he's a merciful God, but he's also a just God. That doesn't just apply to me as a preacher. That applies to you. That applies to all of us. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You turn to God. See, the world's answers is not our answers. Our answers is still turning to the Lord. The world's answers is go get another prescription. That's not our answers. I'm not against good Christian doctors and when they prescribe medicines and it's needed for a moment, I don't think it should be something that should be long-term. I believe we should find a place of deliverance and healing that comes through the Spirit of the Lord. I believe that wholeheartedly. But we can't let the world's ways become our ways. Apathy does that. That you know, The world, they hit a problem, they go get drunk. When we hit a problem, we ought to hit our knees. When the world hits problems, they run to the what, what the Word calls the beggarly elements of the world. They, they, they run to things for pleasure. They run to, they, you know, they go have another affair. They go, they go uh, commit adultery. They go look at pornography. They, they go do this drug. They go do that drug. They go get another tattoo. They go get another piercing. That's not what God's plan is for His people. When we hit the hard times and the struggles and there's pain on the inside of us, the answer is not to turn to the things of the world. The answer is still to turn to the Lord. Pastor, I I got all these tattoos before I got saved. What do I do? I'll tell you what you do. You pray over those tattoos and you let them become your testimony of where God's brought you from. But moving forward, don't let the aches of your soul push you back to that place where that's what it takes for you to move out of the trench and ditch that you're in. Turn to the Lord and let the Lord be your healing. Let the Lord be your strength. Let the Lord be your breakthrough. I know that's not a popular message, but I've come to tell you today this word of God still stands and it's still true and the Lord will bring the healing to your spirit that you need don't let the devil push you in the wrong direction I know there may be some that don't want to hear that but I'm up here today to tell you the truth because I love you your answer is not that prescription medicine I've been there in my life. Can I confess that to you? That I've been there in my life before where mentally, if it hadn't been for a Christian doctor that said, Pastor, i got to give you something to help you make it through this moment. 
He said, it can't be forever. It's not going to be forever. He said, it'd blow your minds to find the other, know, to know the other pastors in the community that have had to do the exact same thing. But I want to help you make it through this. And I, I, I didn't want to do it, but I, I submitted under the counsel of that Christian doctor. And for just a short time, in a time of my life, that I was the lowest that I had ever been, I took that prescription medicine. And the day came when I, when I looked at it and said, no more. No more. I'm not going to take another pill. It won't be another time. And can I tell you, from that time till now, I have found the soundness of mind that comes only from the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying I'm against some of those things that are healthy and come from from Christian counseling and Christian doctors because I believe there's a moment for them. But it cannot be the long-term answer. Why, preacher? Because Jesus is still the answer. He's the answer for the hurt and the pain that is on the inside of our souls. He's the answer. We cannot allow apathy to cause us to lose interest and passion for God. Paul said it this way in Romans 12 and 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be not conformed. Would you just say those words out? Be not conformed. See, that's what the devil wants for all of us. Be conformed to this world. Do what the world does. But Ricky, he said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're not the same man you used to be, are you? You've been transformed. You're not the same man you used to be, are you? How many of you in here would raise a hand and say, I'm not the same person that I used to be. I've been transformed. Come on, who would declare that? I'm not the same person that I used to be. I've been transformed. Can I take it a step further? That we've got to every single day of our lives be renewed by that same Holy Spirit. Friday night in our men's meeting, and we had a great time, pulled Pastor Donnie up, and I said, I want you to imagine him in a white suit, white shoes, White gloves. So, Shelly, that might have been what he wore when y'all got married. I don't know. But a white suit from head to toe. I said, we're going to send him into this other room. And this other room is covered in soot. Charcoal everywhere. Just black soot everywhere. And he's got to make it through that room and come out on the other side without the first trace of soot. Of soot. Be a hard task. Matter of fact, in his selfie, he can't do it. And it's the same way with me and you in this life spiritually. But Timmy, we can't do it by ourselves. We can't make it through the other side clean and holy in ourselves. But Paul said this to the church of Philippi, I can do all things through Christ. What? Who strengthens me. Would you look at somebody square in the eyeballs right now and tell them, you can do it with Jesus. You can do it with Jesus' help. Tell them like that. You can do it with Jesus' help. You can do it with Jesus' help. Brother Robert, look at me. You can do it with Jesus' help. You can make it with Jesus' help. Are you hearing me, Fausty? You can make it with Jesus' help. All the way back here. Sister April, you can do it with Jesus' help. Are you hearing me? You can do it with Jesus' help. Brother Paul, you can do it with Jesus' help. Jackson, you can do it with Jesus' help. Are you hearing me? Sister Nestle, you can do it with Jesus' help. You might not can do it by yourself, but Sister Lauren, you can do it with Jesus' help. a song take me up like two steps there's a song two more steps I know that I can make it I know that I can stand No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. With Jesus, I can take it. With him, I know I can stand. No matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. How many of you just want to make it? Come on, how many of you just want to make it?
Would you stand with me? Listen, we've got to do an inspection of our souls today. It's through the Holy Spirit we can be renewed this morning. It's through the Holy Spirit we can be transformed today. But hear me when I read this passage. This was Jesus to the church of Ephesus. He says, I have somewhat against you because you've left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you're fallen and repent. Do your first works or else I'll come unto you quickly and remove your candlestick out of his place except you repent. Remember and repent. Remember and repent. Pastor, I've gotten off track. I've allowed my words to be more than what my actions are. Remember and repent. I've grown cold on the inside. I've been compromising over some things in my life. I've allowed things in my life that I shouldn't be allowing. Remember and repent. Remember how you used to be on fire. Remember how you used to be sold out to the Lord. Remember, remember, remember and repent. Paul said it this way under Timothy in 2 Timothy 1 and 6. He said, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. He said, you got to stir yourself up. Remember and repent. Remember and repent. Is apathy ruling the day in your life? Have you grown cold to the things of God? Have you found yourself with a Martha mentality? Not willing to go and sit down at the feet of Jesus. It's that Mary that Jesus revealed himself to after the resurrection. It's that Mary. See, I believe wholeheartedly that God is wanting to bring a revival unto us as a people. Tomorrow we start seven days of fasting and prayer. One of the greatest gauges in our lives of our hunger for the Lord is our prayer life. How's your prayer life? There's absolutely no way that you can gain spiritual traction without a prayer life. There's no way we can grow as a church, spiritually speaking, without a prayer life. This seven days of prayer and fasting is something that we feel the Lord would have us do every year in the middle of the year. We do it at the beginning, we do it in the middle, but I'm going to tell you, I felt him drawing me again, all these associates in here hear me, drawing me again to us doing Friday fast day. That our week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday fast day. That we fast and we pray and we seek God together on that Friday every single week because we want God to move. Listen, we're not after just drawing a crowd. We want to draw the Lord up in the middle of all of this. Jesus went in in the book of Matthew. He overthrew the seats of the those who sold doves and money changers he said my house should be called a house of prayer you've made it a den of thieves because I believe it's through prayer that we that the, let me just say it this way it's through prayer that the miracle worker shows up I'm not just after miracles brother Mo, I'm after the miracle worker we can just see him show up in might and in power hear me Pastor, you're just never satisfied. Well, I'm satisfied with my Jesus. But no, I'm never satisfied with where I am spiritually or where we are spiritually as a church because I know God has more. It's not an easy thing to experience more. It takes the sacrifice of prayer. Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Yes, you do. The devil's convinced a lot of folks of that. 
If you had to sit down and talk to somebody and tell them, tell them, speak your case over whatever it may be, you'd learn, you know how to speak up for yourself. You can do that with the Lord. Talk to him, right, Sister Shelby? we stand in this place Lord our hearts are humble before you Lord we ask for your forgiveness for areas that we have allowed apathy to rule we've grown slack that we've lacked interest and passion for you we ask, Almighty God, that you forgive us and we repent of those things and we're turning to you today. Lord, here and now, we ask you, would you just meet us? Would you meet us around these altars? Would you meet us in this gymnasium today? Because, Lord, we don't want to be filled with apathy. Lord, we want to be on fire for you. We want to be passionate again for you. God, we do need renewal and we need revival today because, Lord, the enemy has battled us with our prayer life and stolen it, stolen our time. So, Lord, we turn back to you today and we ask you to revive your work in us in the midst of the years make known. Lord, in wrath, remember mercy today. Lord, we stir up our pure minds by way of remembrance and we remember how you used to move in our lives. We remember, Lord, and maybe it's not been that long ago for some, but Lord, we remember that at one point, God, we were more committed, we were more faithful, we were more on fire, and Lord, we're sorry. We come back today declaration that we're hungry for nothing else, for nothing else but your presence, for nothing else but your touch, for nothing else, for closer communion and walk with you. We're not after the accolades of man, Lord. We're not after prestige. We're not out after wealth or money. Lord, we're not after popularity. We're after you today. We're not after what you can do for us. We're after you. So, Lord, here and now we return to our first love, our relationship with you. We return to you today. We ask you, Almighty God, that our actions today speak louder than any word we've ever spoken as we humble ourselves before you. Lord, clear up the confusion that's in our minds as we surrender to you. Forgive us for areas of compromise as we recommit to you. Set us on fire that no longer will our hearts be cold and our hands colder. Oh God, send fire of the Holy Spirit again. God, today forgive us for pride and said we can do it by ourselves as we return unto you today. Meet us here. Meet us here. In the mighty name of Jesus, meet us here. In the mighty name of Jesus, I want to ask everyone that's in this place that will. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, first and foremost, there's no greater time than right now. If you're away from God, you're backslidden, there's no greater moment than right now for you to return to Him. His arms are wide open to you, and He's calling you home. Would you come this morning? If you've never met Him as Savior, He wants to meet you today. You don't have to live like you're living with your life a mess. He's calling you back up can make sense of the mess you're in. If you'll give it to him, he'll turn it into a message in your life today. Thank you, Lord, for those that are coming here this morning. But for the rest that are in these chairs, I want to ask you today, can we ask the Lord for revival in our lives? Can we ask him for renewal in our souls? Can we ask him for refreshing in our spirits from side to side all over this place? Would you step out from where you are and make your way down? Older. Husbands and wives, would you come together?
together. Mamas and daddies, grab those hands of those babies and bring them with you. Single men and single women, step out from where you are and let's fall on our face before a holy God today and let's ask Him for revival in our souls this morning. Let's ask Him for revival in our lives as He desires to move and do great things. Come on. Come on. Can we cry out unto Him today? Oh, let's let Him have His way in our lives this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, as Brother Tim sings, would you come if you want to kneel, kneel. If you want to stand, stand. But let's cry out unto God today to have His way with us this morning. Thanks for joining us. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps this podcast reach even more people. Crosspoint can now be your home church from wherever you are through the weekly live stream on Facebook and YouTube and this podcast. For more information on Crosspoint, be sure to check out crosspointpdl.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.